there. My name's Barndor. Bet you can't hit me. You're more of a crackpot than a crack shot. <laughs> hey, you're that mighty adventurer, aren't you? Well, I've got a quest for you. Kiss my stony arse! You think you're smart? <laughs> I've seen more brains in a slop bucket. I could paint a tug on me arse, and you'd still be pointing at your shoe. I heard there was a prophecy about you. Yeah, something about the worst marksman of all time. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to episode 73 of the Xbox Chumps Podcast. Yep, that's right. We're bringing it back, baby. Was it Xbox Chumps before? Yeah, yeah, it was Xbox Chumps. I trust you. The opposite of PlayStation Pals. Okay. Xbox Chumps. (laughs) And who you're hearing that? Well, that's the Don to my Marcus. That's John there, man. So, John, again, I'm going to fire you a really quick, hard question right off the bat here. Top three favorite Xbox-only games. Go. Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, uh, <laughs> Come on, bro. <coughs> um, um, uh, Halo 2. Okay, that's and, a boondoggle. And, uh, uh, man, this is bad. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive. Ah, uh, that's a boondoggle, too. Sunset go. Overdrive, Insomniac's only Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. So oh. One of the very few games that I wish made its way to PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. That and Hi-Fi Rush, too. Well, you know, I guess that's inherently when you ask that question, those <laughs> yeah. those might be games that aren't on the platform, but what, what's your other one? Fable 2. Okay. So. I never never played a game of the Fable series. Yeah, they're, they're, they were very good, and Fable 2 was the high point, but I liked them all. Very good games. Is that similar to, like, Saints Row, where they all kind of had different tones, or were they silly throughout? They were always silly. They were silly yep. throughout, okay. Yeah. They all told their own story, but a lot of similar themes and just that, that British humor. That, uh, British humor is great. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't like British humor, <laughs> I don't really respect your opinion on comedy. I'm sorry. So, so we're at, John is not a traitor this time, but we are going to have a lot to talk about Xbox. As a lot of news has come out about them over the past week, and I figured, hey, let's bring it back. You know, we got this little lull here. Yeah, crickets, between... crickets from the Sony side. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's 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 do a deep dive into Xbox, which we'll do later. Uh, but before we get into that, I got a few things. I was wrong about the Dragon's Dogma 2 showcase. That'll air by the time you listen to this. So that's November 28th at 1 p.m. Pacific. Ooh, tomorrow. Whoops. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> when people hear this, it'll be already out. So we'll already hopefully have a deep dive of that game, get that release date, that March 22nd rumored date, and hopefully there's something to talk about next week. Second, we are at a DEFCON 1 for the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer, John. That's the big one, right? By the... Like, yeah. ones... Okay, yeah. I gotta remind myself every time. It's rumored to be in early December, so between every podcast from here on out, mm-hmm. the trailer could come out. That's so true. we have, you know... We have December 1st is this this upcoming Friday. Like, it could it could come that Friday, technically. But what does your balls tell you, Nick? <laughs> when, is, when is this trailer dropping? What is... What is I am thinking the second week... Of December, so post Game Awards, post Game Awards. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think Keeley got it. I don't think they need to do it, and I think they will stay clear of that event in general. So I think they'll next week will be off the table. Well, as we discussed, uh, Keeley's probably fine as long as it's afterwards. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. He's going to get the eyeballs there, <laughs> no matter what. But, but again, yeah, we're, we're it's it's 
again, that could be a thing next week is, you know, Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. We finally saw it, you know, so that'll be huge. Yep. Get ready for John to be, <laughs> you know, anti-Rockstar guy for the next two years. So, you know, Nick's going to be carrying that one, but I'm sure there will be plenty to discuss. And then finally, let's let's get our predictions in for this big Capcom game that has been teased throughout the year that Capcom has a big unannounced game coming before the end of fiscal 2023. So that's March 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get some more confirmations. It's not Resident Evil and it's not it's not existing. Is, is that what the, the verbiage was? Of Are you talking about that thing that was unannounced, like that rumor that we yeah. saw today? So. Yeah, that is uh, not related to anything, apparently. <laughs> so so not existing IP. Correct. Brand new IP. Or, or no remakes. Yeah, it said no remakes. Well, it said no RE remakes oh. for 2024. So, like, it's... Okay. It's, they're basically saying that, like, our schedule for 2024 is inherently cleared out. There's not going to be any RE remakes, news, any new RE games, I don't think. Um, but I also don't think that this unannounced Capcom game is the game that they're talking about. Oh. Because a lot of the verbiage that they've been saying is that, like, you know, it's going to, you know, be a multi-million seller and all this stuff. And... and Expressing the type of confidence that you really could only have with a known IP, I think. And not I think Pragmata? The, not Pragmata, <laughs> no. I, even though I think that game looks pretty awesome. Um, no, I think this is a slam dunk, absolutely, what this is. And it's it's Monster Hunter World 2. That's what it is. <laughs> so That's what it is, Nick. So We can stop right here. So as, we just, as we've talked about, again, it's kind of like a weekly recurring thing. The beginning of next year is stacked. Yep. It's stacked for Japanese games. Yep. It's also stacked for what we assume will be Dragon's Dogma 2 in March. Mm -hmm. So if Capcom was to have a Monster Hunter, you're saying this is going to be announced at the Game Awards and and be in in February or January of next year. Yeah, probably. Because it won't be with Dragon's Dogma. So I'm going to ask a dumb question. Is Dragon's Dogma Capcom? Yes. Well, then I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't make sense, but... (laughs) Well, if it was like a January release, but that seems so fast for a turnaround for a game, but maybe they're just... None of this makes sense, of course, but yeah, I mean, you know, it did not have did not know anything about it, and it to, to, like you said, be a million seller and just right, and that's have this thing, this very small release window. You'd almost think it'd be a smaller title. Yeah, but that's that's the verbiage that I'm I'm hung up on is that the confidence of the multi million seller thing. Unless if they're like, look, guys, you don't know how fucking awesome this game is, and you know, <laughs> and then they show it off, and we all want to buy it, but. That would speak to a level of confidence and um, uh, pompousness that is not very Japanese. Ja- the right. Japanese people don't <laughs> don't typically talk that way. They're very humble, very you know, kind of gonna let their products speak for themselves, not not just get bullish about it. So, uh, I I maybe maybe Dragon's Dogma Two is just a little bit different than what the first one was, and they're gonna approach you know a different type of market with it in Dragon's Dogma. I'm sorry, Monster Hunter. It's just going to be that more traditional monster hunting thing. I don't know. I didn't play Dragon's Dogma one. I know I you can it, speak to that a little bit better. What if maybe if the Monster Hunter game's a Switch one, the Switch series? It's possible. That, then that's also like then you're not directly competing with Dragon's Dogma two, which is on current consoles. Yeah, I mean they could have just transitioned Dragon's Dogma into a more like you know Witcher esque open world, going do a bunch of missions kind of thing, as opposed to. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of was Monster Hunter, right? Where it's like you're going, you're yeah. taking on these big beasts, you can climb on top yeah. of them. Yeah. You have a, a companion, much like the Palico in Monster Hunter. It does seem right. like they're sister series. Um, but I just, unless if they're ready to go with like a, I don't know. Dino Crisis. 
<laughs> Dino or like a Devil May Cry game. Yeah. But like that would yeah. that would be a little surprising. Anything would be surprising. Like I said, it, like just the release window is so fast that yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe everyone's misconstruing what they meant, and it was always Dragon's Dogma too. <laughs> like, <I don't>, like <laughs> we're just not gonna tell you that. Like, it was. well, I mean, it, that, it still doesn't have an official release date. We're going off of rumors, um, and a lot of these a lot of these verbiage was um, a lot of this verbiage was. Uh, before you know, let's, I think it was an earnings call about this million seller, right? I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading an IGN article now from October 30th, which says Capcom releasing unannounced major title by March 2024. I'm trying to think if anywhere in this they confirm that it's like, yeah, we expect it to be in the millions. Um, but even just that verbiage, like I don't know, it, it would be shocking to see them talk about a new IP that way. I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. We'll know soon, you know, if, if it's going to come, it's got to be the Game Awards at this point, if it's yeah. that soon in quarter one of next year. Yeah. So, our fiscal Q4. Fiscal. Yeah. <laughs> fiscal. All right, that's all I got. Do you got anything, John? For the start of the show? No, yeah. dude, you look so good today, that's all. <laughs> you look great. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, so let's get into how the show works. John and I can both bring up the three things to the show for a total of six things. This can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic we want to talk about, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at, at PSPalsPod, or a comment on our YouTube page, that's at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we feel like bringing it. And today we got, we got a, a measly three things, but they're going to be good. Don't Be you worry. Beefy. Yeah. <laughs> and since we are an Xbox Chums podcast, that means we have to talk about Xbox. So that's kind of where we're at today. There a lot of uh, interesting things have been happening happening in the Xbox camp as far as internet discussion, as far as sales metrics, as we all all the consoles, well, the current consoles, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S enter their third year. That uh, we got some data, we got some some interesting uh, conspiracy theories, and let's 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 just go over it. So, the title of this segment is PlayStation Pals Fix Xbox. Mm. So we're gonna do our best here. Not Xbox Chums Fix Xbox. <laughs> well, technically. Oh, okay, okay. Xbox Chums, quote unquote, <laughs> PlayStation Pals <laughs> Fix Xbox. So, I want to talk firstly about this internet conspiracy that's been coming up, and it is referred to now as the Xbox tax. Uh, this is a, a conspiracy theory that there is a media bias against Xbox. Uh, and this kind of started with the snubbing of Starfield for Game of the Year. Starfield uh, was an 85 open critic. A lot of people thought that it should have been one of the six games, uh, but it is not. Uh, then there was uh, Call of Duty this year. It's the first Call of Duty to release under the Xbox umbrella, technically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, by the time it released, Xbox did own Activision Blizzard. And this is the worst-reviewed Call of Duty ever. Also, uh, what was that, 2021? Forza Horizon 5, not mm -hmm. getting Game of the Year nominee at all. Sure. And then also, one of their points is the scrutiny... That Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider got for being an Xbox exclusive. That was so long ago. Yeah, what was uh, that, that's, a <laughs> that's a weird argument to bring up now. I yeah, mean, there's been there's been another wow, good good 
Good memory. I know my shit. <laughs> so, so John, we're going to start things first on this Xbox Chums segment. Is there an Xbox tax? Is this something that really exists? Is there a media bias be, because, you know, PlayStation is the stronger brand right now against Xbox? No. Not I mean, at all? No, there's not. I mean, you know, where where to start with, you know, kind of trying to negate <laughs> that theory? I mean, let's let's start at the Game Awards, right? That's probably the most um, in the open, public eye type type thing that somebody could point to if they think there's a bias. And if you look back, you know, all the way throughout the Game Awards, right, the last Xbox game that's been nominated for Game of the Year was Halo Reach from 2010, correct? Yep. And that's a long time. That's, you know, 13 years, 13 straight years that you didn't get any games nominated. And I can understand if you were a fan of that brand that that might seem a little bad. But if you start to compare the games that were getting nominated for Game of the Year throughout this entire period, there isn't anything that stands up to it. With rare exception, I could maybe hear an argument that if you're like, no, the Ori games should have been nominated for Game of the Year. But even then, there's a caveat. That's an that's a smaller indie game, which inherently mm-hmm. is just not viewed as Game of the Year type stuff. Even if it is one of the best six games of the year, it just inherently gets filtered down into this indie category. Um, you know, you look at something like Psychonauts 2, that did get nominated, but that was that was um, made by Double Fine prior to the purchase from Microsoft. So it's just, they're not competing on this level. They're not putting out Last of Us products, Last of Us 2 products. They're not putting out Hades and God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2. And this is, the, you know, this is the caliber of games that we're talking about when you, when you talk about Game of the Year. Starfield? If Starfield came out in any other year, it probably would have been nominated, right? So I yep. think that's its biggest, its biggest problem is that it finally popped for xbox in a year that is an all-time year when we're talking about baldur's gate 3 with zelda with spider-man with um what are the other game alan wake 2 like one super mario wonder arguably the best 2d super mario game since super mario world it's it's just an easy kind of thing to start looking at and debunk and as as for forza horizon 5 yeah it's a great game i played it i love that game it's a 92 on open critic Racing games don't get nominated for Game of the Year. Yep. Racing games and fighting games do not get nominated yep. for Game Fighter of the Year. Street Fighter Six, one of the it's, best reviewed games of yeah. the year, not nominated. Also a ninety-two, and and so you know I understand people of that that uh, you know fans of those genres or games or brands, whatever you want to say, could feel like, well, this isn't fair, you know, quote unquote fair, but this is voted on by many, 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 many outlets, not just a couple. So if you think there's a conspiracy, you think all these people got together and said, guys, don't fucking vote for Xbox. Like, you're you're high. And it's just kind of coping. It's just copium. And I feel for those people, but um, I don't think so. I don't think there's really much of a bias. Yeah, yeah. And I did want to get this out of there. Like, we are the PlayStation pals, but, like, we actually do like Xbox. Like, don't get us wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I prefer- Series X. Yeah, and I have a gamer tag of over a hundred thousand gamer score. Like, like I want the brand to be good. I want to be, uh, I want to be in a position to purchase an Xbox. So I just want to get that out there. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is, we're taking this in a hundred percent serious note. Yes. As try not to be fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> but as, as, as all the points John just made is exactly it. The, the game awards, just Xbox. And it's been a known problem. And I, that's probably where a lot of this frustration and this, you want to say an Xbox tax exists, but the reality is, is that they're just outclassed um, development-wise for quite a while. Um, yeah. They're just not bringing the same experiences that other developers are. Um, 
and I it definitely will get when we get further down to actually fixing Xbox, we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, but what else do you think about the Tomb Raider argument? When is that the last time Xbox has had a large exclusive? Yeah, I think so. A third party exclusive? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think so. And, you know, um, how do I put this? You know, that was eight years ago. And in the life of video games, that's an eternity. Like, you know, this <laughs> right. was this was before, you know, we had a lot of game. I don't even know if Game Pass was really thriving no. at this point. You know, this was a completely... It didn't exist then. No. Yeah, it was a completely different ecosystem at the time where the, the PS4, Xbox generation had just kind of started to get started, right? PS4 was, I think, in the lead immediately because Xbox One had a very bad release. But... You know, it was viewed, I think, a lot more negatively just because this at this point, this was something that wasn't done by anybody. And it seemed very anti-consumer in the time. And I can understand somebody saying, well, that's the same shit Sony's doing now. But, you know, I, I, I just I can't. And it was a sequel to a game that was multi-platform. You know, that's that is a different thing, too, is, yep. you know, like if a whatever a doom three is announced it's gonna suck hard for the playstation people like john who loved the first two games that the the sequel like not on playstation but you know that's that's what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the nature and like and just and to also just say that sony hasn't received any shit for like thir- that's also not true no. like every <laughs> single time you know people just you know get all up in arms about sony paying for these third-party exclusives when they don't really need to and you're right they don't but like, Japanese publishers have inherently always liked to work with Sony. It's where the it's where the the games sell. It's a lot more incentive nowadays for these companies to make these third party deals with Sony again because that's where games sell. If people put if companies and developers put the resources in to make an Xbox Series X SKU and then it and then they put it out, it I'm again it doesn't sell. Like I think we we just got some numbers at Starfield. Uh, has sold about 3 million copies, which is really good. But when you compare to the amount of people that actually play on Game Pass or play on Xbox and how big that game was supposed to be, those that sales are not great, especially when over a million of them were pre-orders because people wanted to play the game a little bit early. So it's just inherently not any, an ecosystem where you can really sell games. And so I think just with the rise of the Tomb Raider instance, it, it is very much... Uh, a time and place thing, and um, and I think it did move the needle anyway. So that's why I think no Xbox has since pivoted. You know, kind of like a lot like Netflix. We learned with Netflix how much they would pay to get movies and shows on their streaming service. That they're less like we should just own either own you or just put these into our own personal projects, not yeah. pay Ubisoft or Take Two or whoever publisher you know a boatload of money to make it exclusive. You know, because it just doesn't work. It doesn't lead to anything good. So, well, and that's and that is really something I would love to know that we'll never know is um, how many of these games that have come to PlayStation and not Xbox are Sony approaching the developer, and how many are the developer approaching Sony? Because I I do think there is a lot to that. If you're not getting Game Pass money, there is no incentive to put your shit on Xbox. I, I can't imagine there there is much. And so, you know, if people can focus on one platform polish the shit out of it, release a, co- uh, uh, a version of it that's, you know, exactly what you want it to be, you go on the PlayStation platform, you're going to get millions and millions of sales. So, yeah. it, you know, it's just, I think, a reality of the scenario of the times. Yeah, yeah. These are a lot of points that we've we've hammered before. So, yeah, in agreement. The Xbox tax is, is made up. I do think Xbox has more of a critical eye on it because of its 
release schedule has been so abysmal because it's not having game award nominees. I think that they just they have that critical light on them, you know, like having a high profile release like Redfall just bomb hard, one of the worst reviewed games of the year. Like then I think that most of that criticism is probably from Xbox people. Like yeah. which it should rightfully so, like to have twenty twenty two zero games come out, zero publishing, zero things to get hyped about, to have things kind of return to form this year with some high-profile releases. Like, like Xbox, everyone should be critical of Xbox right now. They're Again, they're a trillion-dollar company. They don't need anyone to defend them. Right. And maybe we'll get into this next, in the next part of this discussion, is like they got to hit 2024 hard and have some big releases, review very well, and just get this over this curse. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but... Again, it's also looking like next year is also stacked, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, but that, I mean that is like they just need one, one good one to get. I mean, for at least if the goal is to get a game of the year nominee, and right. it is wild that so right if that's been four, 13, This is the thirteenth year since they've had one nominated. Thirteen times six is seventy-eight. That's seventy-eight games that have got nominated. And they haven't <laughs> even gotten a single one. So, right. you know, yeah, like you said, I think it is just like almost this mental barrier at this point where they they need to get over the hump and f- and have one of their teams champion it be like we got you guys and release something that that people are fired up about and not just another you know starfield a lot of people say it's amazing but that's not a that's not a universal c- consensus no by any means no definitely not and that shows why it's you know it's sitting at the mid 80s and yep. and didn't get the game of the year nominee in this year all right so let's move on to the actual sales here so this is coming from VG charts, you know, take, take what you will. Um, so for October, PlayStation five sold over 14 million for Nintendo switch. Yeah. yeah. 14 million in one month. That can't be right. That's probably for the year. Um, I, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to check it. Yeah. Cause I mean, dude, on that pace, that's 140 million consoles in a year you know what i mean man that's, maybe you're right maybe I, think, I think that's through the year yeah maybe you're right okay yeah you're right you're right you're right through october i got you Nick. Thank i got you. you thank you yes uh-huh. yes okay because i got other stats here that are just specifically to october but gotcha all right through the year playstation 5 14.36 million nintendo switch 10.89 million xbox series s and x 4.61 million that's with starfield releasing that's, that's both the, the x and the s Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. Um, and as far as sales in Europe, PlayStation 5 sales are up 143% over last year, October. Nintendo is down 20%, which is understandable. Like, granted, Nintendo, um, Super Mario Brothers Wonder came out. You'd think they'd be a little up, but it, we are talking a six, seven-year-old console at this point. Mm-hmm. Xbox Series S and X is down 52%. Mm-hmm. Over last year's October, again with Starfield releasing, that's that's kind of shocking to me. With more confirmation that the Activision deal is going to go through, or has gone through, right? There's that as well. Yep. And and then let's go over just total sales again. This is via VG charts for this is for the first three years of the consoles, or the last three years, first three years for PS5, Xbox Series X, and X, yes. Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch, fifty-one point four one million. So good. Past three years. Crazy. PS5, 45.37 million. Xbox Series X, 24.33 million. It's it's not looking good. No. As Phil Spencer has said, they 
it when after Redfall released that they had already lost this generation. Mm-hmm. And I do want to caveat that Xbox is a little less concerned about hardware sales than PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch, you know, because they because Game Pass is on PC and they're trying to move to this subscription model. That being said, I'm sure they would want to sell more consoles than this. I'm sure everyone would want to see them sell more consoles than this. So that's kind of where we're at right now. They're, again, third place yeah. in the console market. Things are trending downward despite Starfield in Europe. You know, North America is probably a little different. You know, that's their bread and butter, yeah. which is maybe part of the problem, uh, which we'll get into. But, uh, okay, so Phil Spencer's out, John. Mm-hmm. The Xbox chums are in. All right, it's time we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna correct this ship. We have all of our knowledge of PlayStation and what it takes, what they've been doing to win. What do what do we got? What, what, what are you bringing? What are you pitching to the heads of Microsoft to bring this Xbox ship right? Sure, sure. So I kind of broke down my arguments into two camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, one camp of are we trying to save the console itself? Or are we trying to just maximize profits, right, as a CEO is meant to do? So I'm going to start with the saving the console one. And this is the harder of the two, I think. Uh, Because as we just went over with the numbers, they are in a pretty dire situation when it comes to the consoles, right? You know, 14 million versus 4 million rough numbers for the PS5 versus the Xbox is is bad. And then if you break it down even more, they've said about 75% of all Xbox sales are Series S's, which means you got, what, 1.5, 2 million Series X's in the wild? That's shocking, honestly. So at this point, I would almost say, like, the console is past saving. But if we're going to try... Yeah, we got to try. Um... I think there's one path, and it's the path that they've said that they don't want to do, and that's that's games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't. That's I was first. racking my brain, figuring, trying to figure this out, and I kept coming back to that because if you think, like, I, I, I had this thought the other day, right? And of going back to when Microsoft and Sony were really neck and neck, and that was, you know, the the Xbox 360, PS3 generation, and Xbox hit the ground running super hard with that generation because, you know, they were riding off the highs of Halo and Gears and the Fable series, and they, they had a, a one-year head start and a cheaper price point, all these good things, all this good momentum. And then it seems like they just uh, kind of, that was the start of their we're just going to keep riding these couple franchises and not really invest in new ideas and whatnot. And Sony kind of started. Well, they to had make- one new idea. It was the Connect. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. We all know how that. Works. You know. Meanwhile, Sony's kind of playing catch up. They have a super expensive console, but what they start do is they start making games. They start making the Uncharted series and the Last of Us series, and they start you know in- investing in companies like Sucker Punch and in Sony Santa Monica and getting these exclusive games that are able to be played on our console, and that's the only place you can play them mm-hmm. um so and they come out consistently and they come out consistently and so xbox has the 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 teams in place they have they've come on they go we, we can now get four games out a year with all of our amazing teams blah 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 but it's a long road like they're yeah. gonna have to start now they have to start releasing games that are incredible Sony quality, right? and I don't like to use that as a benchmark, but that's the benchmark we need to have if you're if yeah you Sony want, and Nintendo probably if you want to compete on this level. Yeah, so you need to start making these happen. You perhaps need to not release them day and date with PC. I know that sounds horrible, but like if we want the console to sell, they that's have almost interesting idea. Yeah, and like it's, it's it would it would get a lot of bad press. It would be a you know almost like a reneging. Well, of, maybe you just. You just, you know, say, oh, this version's ready. 
we're, we're trying to, you know, obviously the PCs, there's so many different versions of the platform. You know, I think you could, you could, you could word that as long as it's not too significant. Yeah. But I'm saying like a, say one to three months delay of the PC version. Maybe, but I still think if your goal is to sell consoles, people will just wait that out. Like you would need a special, special game. For it True. to be for you to drop five four hundred dollars on a console to play it early, if you can just if you're already a PC guy. Now you might not be a PC guy, and in that case, like it's not really much of a thought. But I don't think there's that many people that are invested in the Microsoft ecosystem or that want to get invested in the Microsoft ecosystem that aren't already also engaged in PC. Mm-hmm. So you know, but yeah, you you need Spider-Man twos, you need Ragnaroks, you need Last of Us twos, and the only way you can do that is to start now. And you know, what's that famous Japanese proverb? Like the be- you know, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday, <laughs> or whatever the case. You know, it's like you know, it, it would suck. But if you don't believe that your development talent is good enough to do it, then you have to, in my opinion, abandon the console almost. <laughs> Which yeah. leads me to the next part. Would you like to chime in, as, or just me keep? You know, spewing uh, out of my mouth hole. No, 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 you're like, good. Uh, let's, let's, yeah, I, let's stay on the game part too, because that, that's, I think, the most obvious answer first is, you know, you need probably, I would say, three to four big games a year. One or two of those can be like a, a racing game or a yeah. little smaller project, like a Hi-Fi Rush. I don't think they all have to be on the level of a Starfield or Spider-Man 2. Sony is certainly not no. always hitting no, that Sony mark. Sony had their strays, yeah. as much as I don't like that. You know, <laughs> they, had, they had strays and smaller but things. But, I, yeah, I would look at my portfolio across everyone. Uh, Bethesda and Xbox proper specifically, I, Activision Blizzard is, you know, it's Call of Duty. Like, it's, uh-huh. that is what it is. But uh, and start really start like what how far is each of these projects along and what can I do to get these ones that are closer that are in the polishing stage in the kind of those last six months or whatever and just getting like more either whether it's contractors or more employees to get it to the finish line so we can start spacing out releases and getting getting some of these games that we announced ages and ages ago to the finish line Uh, Hellblade Avowed kind of anything in that initial band yeah fable yeah dark yep yeah any of those any of those any of them like you could just pick like whatever four or the closest to the finish line let's go let's let's what do we need to do to get what do you need like let's me talk to all my directors of every studio and go what do you need to get this this finish line they have to be game of the year contenders though and that's yeah, the well, problem. I think <laughs> that's that's what I you know it's, it's okay. So you have your teams in place. You have twenty four, yeah. thirty fucking teams, whatever they own right. now, and they're going to release their games every four every quarter. Cool. So we, we got a good cadence. But if they are red falls, if they are <laughs> things that are not moving the needle, like Hellblade Two could be, you know, a cool another like auditory experience. But if it's not. <laughs> if it's not on the level of like a Spider Man, how do you get people to to even care? I, I, I don't. I think you're in a rock and a hard place as far as that's concerned. It's like the game has to eventually come out. Yeah. Right. Like that's all. That's Redfall all over again, and you really don't want to avoid that. You want to avoid that situation, but I don't know. Maybe maybe you avoid it by just shadow dropping it. Like right. Like you just we're not hyping the game. Hellblade, you're you're buggy as shit, and it's, yeah. and you're telling me another year like. Well, we've already invested so much money. Like, maybe we just shadow drop it, yeah. just shadow drop it, and figure it out from there. Or you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of trust that way. Or maybe or maybe you bring early access to X, uh, Game Pass and be mm-hmm. like, okay, Hellblade's out, early access. Yeah, you know, like 
just like Baldur's Gate 3, you know, spend three years in early access. At least it's a, there's a game out there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. That That is a tough question. Like, if the game is not doing well, like, it doesn't, if it is looking to be another Redfall, I mean, you just, you, you definitely get ahead of messaging. Yeah. No tricky trailers, nothing like that. <laughs> but I think, like, eventually these games have to come out. Like, you're, you're stuck every every E3 every game awards is going to be like where is these 30 games that yeah. we we're all waiting on like but, what, but what's worse the idea that the games might be bad or they come out and they are bad it's <laughs> it's just yeah you're right dude it's it's a rock and a hard place scenario which is why i think you know maybe we're calling it super early maybe this is kind of this is and we've probably we've been in it for a while but microsoft really just transitioning out of the console space you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, they famously said back in the Xbox One PS4 generation that they were talking about killing the Xbox, mm-hmm. that it was doing so bad. It was it was lagging behind Sony two to one. They didn't seem to have a lot of games going for it, and they thought about killing it. Um, and as you just read, the PS5 is outselling the PS4. The Xbox Series X is underselling the Xbox One. It's mm-hmm. getting worse. So if you had that thought back then, why would you not have that same thought now? And it and back then you didn't have this viable viable outlet of Game Pass and potential what I'm going to talk about in a little bit um, to mitigate those those losses. So it's like I don't know. Like I I would honestly maybe be I would almost if you ask me to bet in ten years will there be another Xbox? Maybe I might, I might take the no on that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that is a whole other conversation. Again, we're, we're as we as you mentioned, we're, Xbox, not, yeah, not, we're trying to save the hardware, not not get rid of it. But yeah, I I think. I think the numbers that we're not seeing that are probably a lot more healthier are the Game Pass subscriptions, uh, more people playing in you know their browser on their or on their phone or other platforms that are just not the Xbox hardware, their PC. You know, we're not we're not seeing those numbers, but like I said, I just don't I just don't want to I, I hate to just dismiss hardware sales because oh that's not their focus. Well, they still want their they still yeah. want the Xbox to sell. Like yeah. they want you they want that to be your home entertainment system. You know, like that is an Xbox Series X owner, which is weirdly enough, me uh, is the most bought in version of right, your consumer. Right. They, like, they want to do you right. Yep. So. So, yeah. So whatever the games are. Yeah. Ideally, they release at a steady cadence and they reach a high bar, you mm-hmm. know, 85 and above. Right. Or 80 and above, I'd say is probably fine right now. But but at least one or two of those. High 80s, yeah, low 90s. Yeah, you, we need to get back to the point where, yeah, like Halo is better than anything else on PlayStation, which is what it was back in the early 360s. Gears right. was probably better than anything else also, and and you you need a couple of those. So, um, I don't want to skip games just right, sure. just yet. Yeah, you Sorry. can tell. You can see my brain moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, are any of those franchises... Savable. I is is a gear six yeah, gonna I think move so. the needle. I think so. And I think I think Microsoft has just a tendency to just be too comfortable. Like I think if if you are the Gears team, you know, think of think of the state of God of War before twenty eighteen came out. It was a tired franchise with a with an unlikable protagonist. Right. Ascension came out, it was the worst version of a main God of War game ever. And what did they do? They didn't just decide to make another one. They went back to the drawing board and they figured it out and released one of the greatest games of all time, which revitalized this platform you know, like it was just one of the pieces of the PS4 generation that that, you know, caused them to be leaps and bound ahead, but they they killed it. 
And I don't see why you couldn't take something like Gears of War and maybe do the same thing. Reboot the series. I don't know if we need to continue on with the Marcus Phoenix, Dominic, whatever the pathway is. But you have different avenues to make a different kind of game. Could you imagine something cool like an like a, not a maybe not open world entirely, but open area Gears of War, where it's like you kind of have these different things to discover and and ways to play around with it. And like I didn't play Gears like Five, that. but they did have they had, there were sections like that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, then then expand on that. You know, branch right. that out a little more, but give people a, a reason to check out the new thing as opposed to what I feel like is always the conversation with any Halo Gears Forza game. It's like, yeah, it's more of the same, which is what we like and we do it's you, good. Do you think those franchises are hampered by the fact that they're multiplayer? Like they I and ideally that they are co-op franchises. I think Halo might be. I think again, I think you can transition Gears into something else. Like I don't you know, in this age of live service games and the amount of multiplayer games that are out there, you know, it these these properties just cannibalize each other. So right. if I was Microsoft, which I am in this case, so lucky me, <laughs> um, yeah, I would probably really focus on the single player epic, really, really get into the story. And, and maybe this is my, maybe the gear story is incredible and I'm ignorant of that fact. I don't think it is because I think I would hear a little bit more of that. Um, you know, I hear every once in a while people say it's great, but like, Go it's the, better than it has any right to be about a bunch of big hulking guys right. you know, fighting a, an invasion. A big bunch of Xbox chums. <laughs> and uh, yeah, figure it out, man. You know, shake it up. Like, it's something that I, I was actually having a conversation with Roman, one of our coworkers earlier, that, you know, it's not just video games that I've started to come across this with, where it's just like, you know, I the reason that I've fallen off of Star Wars is because it feels so similar to everything else. You know, it's okay, here's a sh here's a spaceship thing, and there's going to be five bad guys, and two of the bad guys are going to run into each other, another one's going to hit a meteor, and then they're going to shoot one, and then they get away. And that happens every single time. <laughs> and that's the experiences I look for now in my 30s, is I want things that are unlike my my previous, you know, the, the previous experiences I've had. Wow yeah. me in certain ways. Give me a little bit of familiarity. That's fine. But it doesn't have to be the same exact thing. It's the reason I can't go watch the Fast and the Furious movies. It's the same reason that I can't listen to a lot of the current music nowadays because it just all <laughs> seems so similar. And and we touched on that briefly last week. We're giving thanks. Is like like we've been gaming for a long time. We want to be surprised. We want to be curious. You want to look at a Gear Six game and be like, oh, oh, that's oh. Gears. Yeah, like yeah, I I, I want to actually check that out. And you're right. I think. And that's for all these franchises that have kind of another fault of Microsoft's have been dormant for too long. Mm -hmm. Perfect Dark, Fable, Gear. Well, Gears is a little more recent and Halo's a little more recent. But, you know, I think like I think people saw were excited about Halo Infinite and the possibilities. But then people saw it and played it and were like, it's the same thing. I, you know, grapple does wonders for a game, but it's still a lot of the same things. I, it's, I'm not being excited. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not having that, you know, the end of Halo 1 where you're driving down that warthog down that exploding tunnel, just that moment of like, oh, shit, right. you know, with your buddies all in the in the warthog and just trying to trying to get out of there alive. And, like, moments like that are, you know, is, is what the, a lot of these franchises need is they just they need a trailer on the cinematic level that, you know, the Sony trailers are at. To get you know, like when, like when we just even saw Last of Us Part Two remastered, it's like, oh shit! Yeah, that was great. <laughs> like, like I've yeah. played this and it's still like, oof. And, and like maybe, maybe that is like kind of the the 
the long form solution here is they need another couple ten pole franchises, which is sure. you know easier said than done. You can't just make those appear out of air, thin air. But you know, I just googled like PlayStation Studios and Xbox Game Studios, and just like those pictures that they have of all the different characters, and it's like yeah, yeah you got Ratchet and Ellie and Kratos and Aloy and the MLB Show people and Jin Sakai, and you have these these different franchises that are all operating at the same time. You get excited when you see a new one because it might have been gone for a while, right? Uncharted was starting to wear out as welcome, and they decided to put it on the back burner. We're gonna focus on other things and. Right. We might get another one soon, which will be exciting. But you go to the Xbox side, and it's yeah, it's just Master Chief and Dominic front and center, and then it's like everybody else that they just bought in or purchased. The bought right. in, I don't think is grammatically correct <laughs> in that scenario. But you know, it just seems like there isn't this identity to them, and they need to start thinking, start thinking, stop thinking less in the past and more in the future. And it doesn't seem like they do that very much. Yeah, yeah. I think again, uh, so we can we can leave games, but I think that's a great point. You know, more. Uh, steady releases. The games have to wow, review well, and I think, like you said, I think they we have to be surprised. These games, even if it's a returning franchise or a new franchise, we have to see something in it that's new and exciting, and at least gets you bought in to the the pre-release hype. You know, even if it you might not review well eventually, but you at least want to get excited and and bought in. And I think a, a lot of these games that they have announced have that ability. We just we got to see more of it. Yeah. You know, like I, I think like when we talked about Avowed, you said that was one of your disappointments um, from their showcase. And, I, and you're right, because I think it, nothing there surprised you. No, nothing it, just looked got like, you it looked like pretty Skyrim, which yeah. is cool, I guess, you know. But it, but they, they need more. And uh, yeah, you always I start with the base first games. Avowed's a great example, because when they first showed that game off, they had this cool like teaser trailer where you're like in a dungeon and there's like this big flame thing in the back. And it's like looks like you're I don't know, it's going to be dark and gritty and like swords and dragons and shit and then when i saw it it was just like outer world's fantasy i was right. like eh, it's not what i thought right. that was gonna be right so but so to go back to kind of my my second pathway here um this is what i would actually do if i was phil spencer and i had to make the most amount of money we're getting away from competing with sony we just i don't think we can do it anymore um you know i think that that these three companies are have started to try and work out their own niches and and thrive there and i think what xbox niches have to be is the mobility uh portability aspect of gaming right um i think the damage has already been done you know the stats that you saw with the ps5 outselling the xbox um is is not going away sony won the generation that mattered i think that we're going to really start as the, the future continues. Looking back on that PlayStation 4 generation, just how important that was because people solidified their digital libraries. Though that that is such a hard thing to shake that I don't think you'll ever get that. But what you maybe could could capture capture people are on is if you can get Game Pass onto an app. If you can get Game Pass onto um, a type of thing that you can plug into a TV, you can buy a controller with a dongle, and it works right off your TV. If you can put it onto a phone, um, you know we see that streaming streaming technology is getting better every single day. The portal came out, and for all accounts and purposes, it seems like the technology itself is working pretty well. So you have to start thinking of ways to get your products across these different these different streams. It's going to be very hard to get it on the most successful platform ever, and that's the cell phone. I agree. However, <laughs> we just saw this year, they got Resident Evil 4 Remake working on an iPhone 15. Like that, That is happening. And granted, to run something like Call of Duty would be a much more intensive thing, but the technology, tech, if we know anything... I'm not, I'm not worried about that part. I'm worried oh. that, that ad, the Apples and Googles are going to be like, I don't want you buying Xbox games on their platform 
to launch them on our platform yep. and we're not getting a single cut, but you're using... Oh, they'll have to, get a, they'll have to give a cut. They'll, yeah. have, they'll have to figure, you know, <laughs> yeah. either either they, they bow to Apple and say, okay, yeah, you guys have a user base of 3 billion or whatever they have. I don't know how many iPhones are in the world, but it's I think it's north of a billion. Right. You know, you eat that cost because guess what? It's Something's hard. better than nothing. Or like Microsoft just goes, okay, fuck, we're going to try and compete on a phone level, which I think would be a bad idea. Like that's the only way you can circumvent that. So I think... Yeah, you'd have to sell each individual app on the Apple store and then you couldn't have cross play with it. Yeah, or, or they kind of do what they wanted with... What people kind of wanted with PlayStation Portal is they make a... a a proprietary Microsoft handheld thing that can stream games in and that, you know, you're able to then play wherever, whenever, however you want. Um, I wonder if this would be a big component for, and I'm, and I do think uh, Microsoft will do this eventually is get back into a phone market with their own phone. That's what I was, that's what I was saying. Like, so then that would, could. this would be a, a huge incentive to do so is again, that Xbox play anywhere that they're, that a lot of their games feature, you know, you can play your save goes across PC and your browser and, and your Xbox that if there was a phone that, you know, yeah, I got to use, you know, Xbox's windows, whatever on the phone. But yeah. yeah, if I had this, all my games come with me, that's, that's not bad. It'd be okay. That's a good, that's a good argument. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got to admit though, I think it it's would hard. be a mistake for Microsoft to even try. Like if, if Microsoft's trying to overthrow Sony in the video game front, they're, they're going to try and overthrow <laughs> Apple in the phone front. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, especially, you know, when there's a lot of, I think, I think that might be successful for like the United States market, but I don't, I can't see some sort of scenario where, where people in, you yeah. know, Southeast Asia are, are amped to open up their Microsoft Xbox app. So they they have they have to figure out a different pathway forward, um, but I think that that's kind of the best they have. They have Big Daddy Microsoft, you know, ahead of ahead of them that can give them the money that they need. They have higher technology than Sony does. Like that could maybe be a way that they can start to work it out, right? Where every you know they work a deal out with Samsung. Every Samsung TV is shipped with a Game Pass app. You buy a controller, boom, you can use it. Like yeah. that's the only because then you can you can bump up your subscriptions, which is clearly where they're making all their money now. Anyway, um, you know, invest in a team that's maybe uh, their whole directive is to find parity between games, right? Where if they can release a top tier Call of Duty game for Xbox Series X, but a contempt like a, a a brother version that can go on phone and they interact with each other that would get a lot of people i think excited about the the ability to to do that well that's the the idea with cloud streaming is like it's platform agnostic you don't need a powerful iphone 15 pro to run call of duty because you're just streaming it yeah it's it's on the cloud running on their servers and then it's not touching your phone like yeah there's a lot of wins with that like including like battery life and stuff like that that the phone is not worried about and that's that's, I, I guarantee you that's where yeah I mean that I our think, predecessor you know before we took over is looking <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> good oh Phil you, you did the company so well except not um yeah I but I mean I think I think that's kind of you know with the purchase of Activision Blizzard I think people are really uh underselling how important King was to that acquisition you know the sure. makers of Candy Crush um you know I personally think they bought act I, I think I don't know. I think Call of Duty is not going to rebound like they think it was. And this is going to be viewed as a purchase that might not have been as um, financially viable as they were hoping it would be. I think the King will work out for them. Blizzard will always have fans, but they need to redeem some good faith as well. But I don't know, man. It's uh, 
they, I think they just have to carve themselves out a separate niche because if you're if you're competing with Sony at this point and on top tier AAA releases uh, at, on an at home console, I don't think you win yeah. very, very easily. Yeah, but and, and before we we finish this topic, uh, I saw a lot of comments talking about localization of Xbox games and how they're just not as strong as Sony. So I was like, hmm, let me look into that. So Starfield, obviously, this would be a hard game to localize because it's you know, it's a giant RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, five different audio languages, nine different text options. Hi-Fi Rush, nine different audio languages, 14 different text languages. Redfall, 10 audio languages, 14 text uh, languages. Now let's go to Sony. Okay. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, 12 different audio languages, 26 text options. Horizon Forbidden West, 14 different audio languages, 26 text options. And God of War Ragnarok, same thing. Uh, I think if you want to uh, your games to reach more people, you know, globalization, localizations are very important. Yep. You know, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do more than just <laughs> Yeah, I'd be curious what the breakdown is of how many of how many of those options are European? So I wonder if I mean you know I agree I think they should, even if yeah, even are, if it's two people that use a that you should you should do it. They but, are split up by region, yeah. So like if you if you buy a Europe a European copy of Spider Man, you don't get twelve audio languages. Typically, you get the yeah. you know the local ones, and, and same for South America and North America. Yeah, I'm just saying. Sony is you know they have much more um, viability in the European market, in the Japanese market, in you know Southeast Asia. So I would have, inherently you know they're gonna push that a little bit harder but microsoft would be fools to to not do that i mean not that it's nothing work i'm sure it takes a long time to translate an entire game into something but we live in an age where you can point your phone at a math equation and it does it so like (laughs) you know i'd imagine you run a script through a translator real quick and it's not gonna be too bad but uh right yeah that's a fair point so so yeah there we go We, we we did our best you know expect you know again we're gonna push games first that's what we love the most here and the That's Xbox why it was so shocking when Phil said great games won't do it alone and I <laughs> strongly disagree yeah 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 it takes a long so, time it, it sucks how long it takes but yeah got to do, what so, you do so so we're planning you know we're going to reach out to our development teams over at Xbox and uh, <laughs> you know we're going to see we're we'll see where they're at and we're going to develop put some resources in it so they can release some quality games for you guys I'm going to peel id off and tell them you're just working with everybody <laughs> to make sure their shooting feels good that's what you're doing. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that was a that was a really really good discussion. I, I'm. This is why we brought three things today because yep. we knew that one was going places. So, but if you have any thoughts, you know, write in. You know, let's let us know what you think about this whole thing. You know, again, I know most people listening to us are PlayStation pal, are PlayStation specific, but and and a PlayStation pal. But uh, you know, what do you what do you think can save Xbox at this point? Yeah, is there anything we missed? Yeah. For sure. All right. On to our second topic. Uh, we're going to do an email. Again, you can email us at PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. Uh, this email comes from our New Zealand listener, Jesse, who, uh, Jesse, who's great at writing in, and he's following up on a topic we talked about last week. So he writes in, I wanted to give, you, give my input on the multiple ending segment you did in the last episode. I just got to the end of Lies of P., and while I was looking up the Platinum Guide, I realized it has three endings. Womp womp. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a bad ending and two good endings, which rely on your choices throughout the whole game. 
I beat the final boss and got the bad ending. <laughs> then I used cloud saves to go back and get the other good endings. However, when I went back, found out that there's another secret boss after the final boss. This boss is insanely difficult. Over the course of the game, I beat every boss in less than 10, 10 attempts, and then also beat the last boss on my second attempt. The secret boss has completely wiped me out and is such a step up from the whole game to where the point I'm losing interest with each attempt. Now, John, you didn't get Liza P. Are you are you st- are you interested still? I'm so I'm I'm definitely interested in the game. It's just uh, you know as as you can see, I didn't bring video games to talk about today, Nick. So uh, it's just it's finding that right time. All right. So he says, even though I've rolled the credits on the bad ending, I feel incompl- incomplete without seeing the two other endings. But on top of that, in order for me to get the platinum, I need to finish New Game Plus Two, which means fighting this boss again. I don't know if I have it in me, but I'll keep trying. Good luck, Jesse. Good luck. That, that man. sounds horrible <laughs> to be at the end too, because you want it. You want it so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. You you <laughs> effectively have to just let yourself down easy, where it's just like you come, you slowly come to that realization that's not going to happen. It never feels good, but right. But you know, maybe you come back to it one day. You know, there's also that that aspect of it. But. True. Stepping away and coming back usually, you'll find that the boss was much easier than when you were hitting your hitting your head against the wall over and over again. So. He finishes up saying, overall, I give the game a four out of five. Excellent soundtrack. Awesome gameplay for a Souls-like. It wasn't too difficult overall, but still a massive rush when you beat a boss. The reason it doesn't get a five out of five is because of the multiple ending situation. Hope you guys are well and as always looking forward to the next episode. Jesse. Thanks for writing in, Jesse. Yeah, you know, there's another one. Yeah, I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think he gets it. I think he kind of picking up exactly what we thought about these where it's like, it just doesn't ever feel like it adds much. It just it's right. just extra headaches to for extra headaches sake. Right. And I would rather have a tailored experience right. from the developer. Give me the true ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean and, and you know, especially with a game, you know, and we all play these brutal games because we're masochists and you know, and I play more Cuphead and Neon White with my son over the weekend, so I, I get it, but <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, if the idea of having to replay a boss is giving you a pause, then, yeah, man, there's there's plenty of other games out there. Go play Elden Ring. You know, play <laughs> that. that game's easy. Yeah, 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 definitely, like, yeah, we've all been there, and it, it sucks, like I said, that you're at the end and you're, you've hit this wall, but... You know. I, I will say, Jesse, I'm, I wonder, you know, uh, are you are you excited for the next Liza P game? This game, you know, no spoilers, but has a pretty wackadoo uh, final cutscene that makes easy, me... John. Oh, I know. I know. People, you know, if people want to go spoil it for themselves, feel free, because that's how we are. But I won't say it here. But uh, yeah, right back in. I'm wondering how, how you're feeling about where this uh, where this may go. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, I, it, when he gets through that that hump of the boss. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, yeah, because because I'll, I'll tell you, man, I spoiled it for myself just because I'm a, a monster and I don't have enough time, but I still want to play the game. Uh, makes me way more curious about the for, about the game, knowing mm-hmm. it. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. could be could be pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. Again, thanks for writing in, Jesse. Let's, Jesse. Let's move on to our final thing, the character battle royale. I got some good news for no, you, me. No, you don't. For me, because I finally swept John. <sighs> Feels good. Ratchet That's knocks me. out. That's me clapping. <laughs> good job, Nick. Ratchet knocked out Commander Shepard, and Clive Rossfield took out Jin Sakai. So... I'm, yeah. I'm feeling good. 
I, you know, that's fair. When I literally during my argument go, ah, I'm fucking up. You know, that, that's that's kind of fair. So. I'm crashing and burning. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys, but I will say, uh, shout out to uh, everybody. You know, we got six votes for one of these, and that's what we're looking for, man. You know, it, it's nice when, you know, it's nice when the the outcome is is that not one nothing or right. you know zero zero. Not right. that that's happened, but right. I agree. Yeah. All right. So we are moving on to our our next character battles john i think you're going first this time yeah yep so i'm going first which 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 one you feeling we got ezio auditore de Firenze. that's a great name Firenze. versus ryu and arthur morgan versus spyro the dragon what, what are you feeling what do, what do you want to bring let's do arthur versus spyro ah okay okay all right I will not get swept twice. <laughs> so, you know. All right. So right off the bat, let's be sure not to conflate the quality of the game and the success of the character in this battle royale. <laughs> yes, Red Dead 2 is a masterpiece, but that's not what we're debating. Uh, on the surface level, Nick, this is a fight of a dragon versus a man. I think I could end the fight right there. But Spyro the Dragon comes from a rare line of magical purple dragons who have the ability to fly, charge using their horns, and breathe fire. Uh, he can not only breathe fire, but he uses something called Dragon's Fire, which shoots a projectile ball of flame that engulfs and incinerates all of his enemies. He stands six foot two, 205 pounds, which is way bigger than I thought thought he was i thought he was a little guy so he's a huge like not a huge dragon but big fucking guy good luck uh his charging is said to be reached supersonic speeds so you know yeah arthur morgan's got dead eye but big fucking whoop <laughs> he's also a dragon so he's got dragon scales i don't think arthur's 12 shooter whatever you want to call it, is getting through that he can use his wings to protect himself from any other projectile attacks he's a very magical being who can teleport himself uh move with telekinesis and again arthur morgan simply a man dead eye has 20 seconds max good luck <laughs> very very good very good all right yeah, I don't have any experience with Spyro. I never played those games. Not at all? Not at Man, all. that is like the number one nostalgia thing for me. <laughs> played that right. shit for hours when I was a kid. All right. All right. Arthur Morgan is our most human combatant so far, but not one to underestimate. He is the right-hand man of the Vanderlyn gang. Arthur is tough, a survivalist, and he does what it takes to succeed in the unforgiving Wild West. A brawler and hand-to-hand -hand fighter with very various weapons, but Arthur's real strength is a skill with weapons. Arthur can handle himself exceptionally well with the use of pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Gear he meticulously upgrades and takes care of himself. And again, John downplayed it, but the Arthur's greatest asset is Deadeye, allowing him to slow the passage of time and line up pinpoint shots with his weapon. If he wanted to shoot Spyro in the eye, he could. But finally, Spyro may be a dragon, but Arthur has conquered the legendary animals of the Wild West, including cougars, panthers, grizzly bears, bull gators, and more. He is more than ready for his fight with a dragon. Nice. That's it. There we go. All right. And then next up, as we said, Ryu versus Ezio de Fringe. All right. Let me give a stopwatch timer. I'm just going to let that one run out because that makes it easier. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Nick. So a little bit different tact with this one. We're just going to use our common sense, okay? So Ryu, <laughs> Ryu is perhaps maybe the most iconic and strongest close quarter fighter in this entire roster, right? If you get anywhere near him, he's going to easily overpower you and take you down. Ezio is no exception. Strength, Ryu. Stamina, Ryu. 
Close quarters, Ryu. Distance, Ryu, because he can hit you with a Hadouken. All Ezio has is his sneaking, which is inherently taken out of this entire equation with the moment the, the fight starts. His main tactic is just sneaking around, putting on different costumes. It's not going to matter in this situation. Ryu is able to block all manners of weapons per Marvel vs. Capcom. Dante's sword, Wolverine's claws. So whatever, Ezio's going to hit him with a little blade out of his, his wrist. It won't matter. He just holds backwards on his, on his block button and he blocks the shit out of it. Um, again, Hadouken, uh, he'll be able to hit him from range. Even if Ezio avoids it, it's fine because it's going to throw him off, make him move. Ryu's going to get close and then throw him into the fucking ground. And, and Ezio is no master fighter anyway. You get two or three guys surrounding him in those games, he, he crumbles. He can't take those guys on. <laughs> <laughs> not getting swept twice nick <laughs> i just like the idea that yeah video game logic is you hold the back button and yeah. it doesn't matter what's coming <laughs> at you it's just locked it's, you can block it with your bare yep. bare hands yeah, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> i really gotta suspend disbelief for, oh of course for, for that but. listen we're fighting with dragons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah this, is, this is a wild a wild battle royale for sure all right let me get my eyes. All right. Just, uh, All right let does me the time go way faster for you when you're presenting than the other way around? I know it does for me. Like, oh, Feels God. like it. Oh, God, I've, I've gotten at a good pace of, I think I've nailed the amount of words to the right amount of Your time. Your cadence, yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm good there. All right. Ezio Auditore de Firenze, ever since we moved his hand as a baby, we knew he was something special. <laughs> one of the greatest assassins of all time and the only one to star in three games himself. He's a mentor and leader of the Italian Brotherhood of Assassins, a master of swords, crossbows, and various powder bombs. Ezio is well equipped for any, any fight. His upper hand, though? That hidden blade he hides between his cutoff ring finger that he can spring on any opponent in any combo or from behind, stealthily, anytime he wants. Blade coming out of your wrist. It's, that's pretty sneaky. He's an expert of environments and parkour that allow him to turn any battlefield into an asset as he can quickly navigate it and get to where he needs to be to be in the best position to strike. And finally, Ryu's honor and pride will be his weakness. He's a straight fighter, and Ezio will exploit this with stealth and deception to defeat him. Very nice. Very nice. Good approach. All right. Yeah, that's... All right, Nick. We have... 20 left. Okay? All right. 20 left. 10 more weeks of the first round. <laughs> Just 10 more Just weeks. Just 10 more weeks. <laughs> but I don't know about you. I'm still having fun. I hope the audience is still having fun. Yeah. Uh, so we'll great. keep this going. And that's just round one. <laughs> that's just round one. <laughs> so we'll we, a year we, from now. You know, a little little behind behind the scenes baseball. We we might tweak up what we do for round two and three because you guys don't want to hear us go. Yeah, I mean, Kratos is still really strong. So yeah, good luck. Yeah. But uh, all right, Nick. First or second? I'll go first. First as always. Leon Kennedy. Ooh, okay. Sticking with some human type characters <laughs> versus. Ellie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. I knew she was going to come up at some point. So, oh, ooh, so I get Ellie. Nice. Yeah, you All right, got good. Ellie. I love her. I love her. I love you. You're going to kill Ashley Johnson, really? <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> I don't have All right. A choice. And then round two Crash Bandicoot. Okay. Wow. <laughs> versus Master Chief. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, I like the odds for me on that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. It depends who who responds more. It's true. Oh, As yeah. I said, 
Let's not conflate the quality of a game <laughs> with the voting, okay? All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Again, we'll be posting those polls on our Twitter account, at PSPalsPod. So feel free to vote there if you want. But if you just want to write in, give us your thoughts, again, PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. We will happily read your email and your vote. So, yeah. all right. So that's three things. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Three things did not change the length of the podcast. So no. that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chum. Uh, so teases. Again, like I said, by the time you're listening to this, there will be a Dragon's Dogma showcase. Hopefully it's worth talking about. We'll bring that. Maybe there's a Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. Yeah. I don't know. It's possible. But also we are also less than two weeks away from the Game Awards. So that's going to heat up. You know, we know we're going to get some more teases. I, so what was Jeff, the tease today? Jeff Keighley is teasing the next game from the makers of Inscription. Uh, Daniel Mullins. Yep, Daniel Mullins Games. So that's <laughs> that's that's the first one. Yeah, that could be anything. Yeah, Who weird. knows? But uh, yeah, if you liked Inscription, that that is definitely one of those one of those developers to be excited for. Um, but uh, on the game front, I did get Aliens: Dark Descent. Nice. I definitely want to talk Aliens. As a franchise, as the movies, oh, and as a game, I get our thoughts on that. And um, I started Baldur's Gate three. I did a few quests. I think I'm I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready to get back into and it. Those I, are the I hardest want, few, just those first couple. <laughs> yeah, I want to have it done by the time we do our game of the year nominations. So I'm trucking. And then I did something dumb, John. Oh, you haven't told me this. Yeah, I haven't told you, you this. That I have. That I will. I think I'm going to give. Death Stranding, another shot. Oh, God. Jake, Jake, <laughs> why did you... Uh, I swear to God, if you like this game... <sighs> we know okay. we're going to see it December 7th again, yeah. the sequel to this. So what, I, your, your thing is, like, I just got to get to, like, hour 12, and then I'll be Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, I'm just going to I'm just gonna give it another shot. I'm going to... I'm definitely going to clean up the games that I want to clean up first, and then I will. I want to give it another, another go, so... Right, maybe I'll give it a fourth I, try. <laughs> you know, I got till mid mid January before the games start coming out again. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm gonna try. Now's the time, man. Now's the time. I mean, you could play Hi-Fi Rush or you know something Me. like that, but it's Me. fine. Me. It's fine. Jake, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what about you, John? Anything, uh, anything to tease? No, just still chipping away at my, similarly to your Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, you know, I'm. Trying to sneak in and play it when I can. Had a busy, you know, Thanksgiving. Uh, obviously, a very busy time for family, so I uh, wasn't able to do much there. But uh, I'm at the precipice of finally beating Dave the Diver. That game has only gotten better as I've gone through. So I've heard. Um, and yeah, yeah so so hopefully I can get Tears of the Kingdom in as well. And then I'm just been staring at that Armored Core box art for when the moment strikes. Um, other than that, I mean, no, for, for the rest of the year... Um, because this is kind of the time of year I start thinking of all this stuff. It's like, um, I still want to get Super Mario Wonder. I think that'll just be a nice, easy playthrough, you know, have fun with my son. Yep. Um, I don't think I'll be able to get to Alan Wake, you know, this year. I just, it's just probably not going to happen. It'd be foolish to think otherwise. So that's fine. Yeah. So if I can, if I can get through Zelda and then maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a little Mario, that'd be cool for me. Okay. Yeah. And we're still, we'll always be on Portal Watch. One day, John will buy the Portal. 
Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, I mean, I admit, <laughs> like, the moment I see one for $200, it's probably going to happen. Because, like, you know, scalpers be scalpers, and they all bought them up and all post them right. on eBay, and we just got to kind of right. wait for the next shipment to come in. I'm doing the same exact thing with the Oppenheimer 4K Blu-ray disc right now, where <laughs> they just sold out immediately. It's being sold on Amazon for 50 bucks right now, which is nuts. Oh, come on now. So, like, just waiting for the next next phase, but yeah, I'm definitely getting a portal. <laughs> definitely right. getting a portal. Cool. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of things to be excited about, but yeah, expect, again, more topics than anything going forward, like what we did today. All right. For the song, one of my nostalgia games re-released, that Super Mario RPG remake. It has such a good soundtrack. I have, I'm probably going to bring a few songs from this game. But uh, the first one I'm going to bring is Beware of Forest Mushrooms by Yoko Shimomura, who did the original game and then he came back to do the remake of the soundtrack. And it's so good. Live orchestra. So good. Once again, Nick, I have two switches. No, not that bad. I've I've been watching other people stream it, so I've Nick. gotten my fill. Yeah, yeah. Pal of the show, Nick has played the fuck out of it, so yes, yeah, I can watch the whole playthrough on his YouTube channel. So, all right, cool. that's it. So again, we will be back next week with maybe a Grand Theft Auto Six trailer. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We'll find out. It's you the know, moment we finally take off, Nick. <laughs> You're gonna be jonesing for that those hot takes. Yeah, of course you'll of course you'll find out on this podcast, not anywhere else. Nope. They won't be all over the internet, but nope. <laughs> you guys wouldn't cheat on us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So again, thank you all for listening. We love you, and we'll be back next week with up to six things. Bye guys. See you.